Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. And what I wanted to look at tonight is, is a few features from this movie. Uh, just about about what dads do, because I think uh, it's awesome to kind of to look at a few things about uh, the roles that dads play in our lives. Is that cool? So we'll hit the first thing. It's a little bit into the movie, but I'm sure you've all seen it and you'll know just what's happened. Basically, it's like a half an hour introduction to this point. So it's cool. Thanks, guys. Dad, dad. Come on, Dad, we gotta go, wake up! Oh. Sorry. Dad! Dad! Hey, son, dad, dad, wake. Dad, 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 Before dad, sunrise, dad, dad. he's your dad. son. Dad, come on, Dad! Dad! Whoa. You promised! Okay, okay, I'm up, I'm up. Yeah! <laughs> Look, Simba, everything the light touches is our kingdom. Wow. A king's time as ruler rises and falls like the sun. One day, Simba, the sun will set on my time here and will rise with you as the new king. And this will all be mine? Everything. Everything the light touches. What about that shadowy place? That's beyond our borders. You must never go there, Simba. But I thought a king can do whatever he wants. Oh, there's more to being king than getting your way all the time. There's more? <laughs> Simba. Everything you see exists together in a delicate balance. As king, you need to understand that balance and respect all the creatures, from the crawling ant to the leaping antelope. Dad, don't we eat the antelope? Yes, Simba, but let me explain. When we die, our bodies become the grass, and the antelope eat the grass. And so, we are all connected in the great circle of life. Good morning, sire. Good morning, Zazu. Checking in with the morning report. Fire away. Well, the buzz from the bees is that the leopards are in a bit of a spot. Oh, really? The baboons are going... What are you doing, son? Pouncing. Let an old pro show you how it's done. I told the elephants to forget it, but they can't. Zazu, would you turn around? Yes, sire. The cheetahs are hard stay up, but low I to the ground. Cheetahs never prosper. Yeah, okay, stay low to the ground, right? Yeah. What's going on? A pouncing lesson. Oh, very good. Pouncing. Pouncing? Oh no, sire, you can't be serious. Oh. This is so humiliating. Try not to make us. What are you telling him, Mufasa? Mufasa? Simba? <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Awesome. So point number one is that dads teach or they model to their kids. So Simba wants to be just like his dad. And Mufasa, you know, he shows him how to pounce, and he teaches him the importance of the balance in life. Uh, and babies, they're watching all the time what the people around them do. 
And they're picking up on cues. Uh, they're understanding the world through the lens of the people that are in their world. And that, that can be good and bad. You know, as, as a parent myself, I'm believing that, that Josh, my son, is picking up a lot of the good things that I do, that he's seeing the way I interact with people. He's seeing the one way that Caleb and I interact. He's seeing the different things and the way that I treat other people. And I'm hoping that he's going to, to pick up those things that I can model them for him. And it's interesting, you know, sometimes they see other things. And this week I, um, I was in the kitchen and I turned around and Josh had picked up the television remote and he was facing away from the television, which is over there, and he turned it on like this, and then he turned around to see that it had turned on. And I was like, huh, because we never watch TV during the day, but in the evenings, you know, sometimes it's on, and I think, he's watching, and it's so clever. They pick up everything. <laughs> but, you know, that's an amazing opportunity that we have to instill the values that we think are important. Uh, and, and kids will see a genuineness in, in how people will respond or what people do. And Ephesians 5 verse 1 and 2 in the message, it says this, watch what God does and then you do it like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself for us. Love like that. That's such an awesome verse. I love that because it's like, man, there's a, a, a level to aspire to, to, to live a life of extravagant love. And so, you know, the incredible blessing is that we get to be the children of God and that he gives us a role model to follow in the person of Jesus. And, you know, sometimes it's hard because as kids, you think your parents are being mean. You know, sometimes they don't let you do things or stuff like when, when Mufasa is talking to Simba about the Shadowland and he says, hey, don't go there. But there comes a trust that our parents know what's best. And as children, sometimes we just have to trust the fact that when mum and dad say no, that actually they know why and there's a reason behind why they say that. And with Jesus, we need to trust that when he says, hey, avoid things, that even if we don't see what's wrong with it or it doesn't necessarily seem like a bad thing, uh, that we need to do what he says, uh, trusting that he knows best. And if you think about it from the perspective of the love, because he's a father who loves us, and actually we'll talk a little bit later on about how love comes out sometimes in boundaries. But 1 Peter 2 verse 21 says this, For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. See, what's amazing about Jesus is that he lives as a human. And what's cool about that is we can relate to him. You know, that we're not interacting with a God who doesn't understand our circumstances, but actually we're, we're connected to a, a Jesus who understands, who lived a life as a human, and he was fully God, but yet he was also fully man. And for us, that really uh, identifies the importance of actually having a relationship with him. Because otherwise, without relationship, it can seem like a, a whole lot of rules, but we need to know him so that we can imitate him as well. And, you know, life, it'll pull us 
in all sorts of different ways. Everything's calling you to, to imitate them. You know, ads are wanting you to imitate the clothing or imitate the behavior. Songs are asking you to do that kind of thing. But actually, the one we're called to imitate is Jesus. And true happiness is found in following him. So the first one is that dads teach or model. Number two is that dads protect. Turn your attention to the screen. Come on, let's go check it out. The only checking out you will do will be to check out of here. Oh, man. We're way beyond the boundary of the Pride Lands. Look, Banana Beak is scared. <laughs> it's Mr. Banana Beak to you, Fuzzy. And right now, we are all in very real danger. Danger? Ha! I walk on the wild side. I laugh in the face of danger. <laughs> well, 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 Banzai, what have we got here? Hmm, I don't know, Shenzi. Uh, what do you think, Ed? Oh. <laughs> yeah, just what I was thinking. A trio of trespassers. And quite by accident, let me assure you, a simple navigational error. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. I know you. You're Mufasa's little stooge. I, madam, am the king's majordomo. And that would make you... The future king. Do you know what we do to kings who step out of their kingdom? Pugh, you can't do anything to me. <laughs> Technically, they can. We are on their land. But Zazu, you told me they're nothing but slobbering, mangy, stupid poachers. Ixnay on the Upid's Day. What are you calling Upid's Day? My, my, my. Oh, look at the sun. It's time to go. What's the hurry? We'd love you to stick around for dinner. Yeah, we could have whatever's lying around. <laughs> wait, 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 I got one, I got one. Make mine a cub sandwich. What you think? <laughs> <laughs> what, Ed? What is it? Hey, did we order this dinner to go? No. Why? Because there it goes! <laughs> did we lose him? I think so. Where's Zazu? Domo bird hippity hop all the way to the birdie boiler. Oh no, not the birdie boiler! <laughs> hey, why don't you pick on somebody your own size? Like you? Oops. Sorry. If you ever come near my son again. Oh, this is this is 
your son? Oh, your son? <laughs> oh, did you know that? No, me? I, I didn't know. No, did you? No, of course not. No. Ed? The second one is dads protect. There's something extraordinary about how your dad can make you feel uh, when you're young. And I love that, that feeling of safety when you're with your dad, you know, that you know as a little kid that you cling on to their leg. And there's that moment of safety that comes. And Dads sometimes protect us by encouraging us to avoid things, uh, like Mufasa does with Simba when he says, hey, don't go to the Shadowlands, and obviously uh, they do, but sometimes they rescue us when we need it. And uh, I was reflecting on one of the, the kind of moments for me uh, in my childhood when I remember my dad rescuing me, and it was such a heroic moment, it stuck in my memory. And I remember, once I've maybe told some of you before, but I, we went on a tube train in London, um, was with my family on holiday there. And uh, when we got to the, the place where we were getting on the tube, I got on first, and the tube was quite full, so someone pressed uh, the emergency close buttons, which means that the doors shut. So I'm on this side in the train, and the rest of my family are standing out there. And I was 13. I had absolutely no idea where we were staying. I'm old enough not to have owned a cell phone at that time of my life. Uh, and I had this realization like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no idea where to go. I don't have any money. My mum and dad were paying for stuff. And, and the tube just took off. And I'm standing on one side, and they're standing on the other. And I thought, oh, no, this is... Not a good situation. <laughs> um, and I remember my dad saying to me, just get off at the next station. He was kind of yelling at me through the door, you know, get off at the next station. So I rather tearfully got off the train and just stood there. And, and you know, in, in London, not every train stops at every station. And I, I just kind of try, try not to look at all the people around me. Just, just stood there kind of waiting on the platform. And it seemed like an eternity. And then the train turned up. And out came leaping my dad. Oh, and it was like the most incredible moment of my life, right? Because you know you've been rescued and, whew, you know, it's all worked out okay. But, but that's the power of a dad. You know, a dad's heart is to protect. And I love in Psalm 46 verse 1 and 2, it says, God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. See, God desires that we seek him, not only in times of trouble, but when things are going well as well. The word refuge means a place or a state of being protected and safe. Because a dad's desire is that their children are safe. That actually, that it can be hard for an earthly dad because they can't be there all the time in all the places, and they can't protect us from every situation that we encounter. Um, but what's amazing about God is that He promises that He'll be with us, that actually we can rely on Him and trust in situations that God doesn't leave us on our own, but actually He's with us in situations. And Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, don't be afraid. For I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God, and I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. See, 
what I love about God is his desire is that he, we would know him as a safe place, that we would know him as a place where we can run to in times of trouble, that we would know him as a place where we can rely on him in situations where we find ourselves and we stand there going, God, I don't know what to do right now. I don't, I, I don't know how to get out of this situation. I don't know how to, to go from here, but actually we can trust uh, that he's got our best interests at heart and he'll be there for us. I, I love that, that he gives protection and that gives, he gives us strength when times are hard. That actually we can rely on him. See, dads, they like to teach and model. They like to protect. And this third one is something that's interesting because I don't know if we necessarily always love this as a child. But it's one of the most important things that I think dads do. And, and this scene follows on directly from the scene that we've just had. So thanks, guys. Dad, I... You've deliberately disobeyed me. Dad, I'm, I'm sorry. Let's go home. I thought you were very brave. Zazu? Yes, sire? Take Nala home. I've got to teach my son a lesson. Come, Nala. Simba, good luck. Simba! Simba, I'm very disappointed in you. I know. You could have been killed. You deliberately disobeyed me. And what's worse, you put Nala in danger. I was just trying to be brave like you. I'm only brave when I have to be. Simba, being brave doesn't mean you go looking for trouble. But you're not scared of anything. I was today. You were? Yes. I thought I might lose you. Oh, I guess even kings get scared, huh? Mm hmm But you know what? What? I think those hyenas were even scared. Because <laughs> nobody messes with your dad. Come here, you. The third thing that dads do is discipline. And for us, I think it's one of the most challenging aspects of being a parent. I've only been a parent for a year, so, you know, I'm on this journey. But I, I know uh, that discipline is a really important part of being a parent. And it's an important part of growing up. Having boundaries are really important. 
And for us, you know, as children, sometimes we don't love the discipline, but actually that discipline is an important part of our lives. And Ephesians 6 verse 1 to 4 says this, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord and for this is the right thing to do. Honor your mother and father. And this is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. <laughs> I love that, mm-hmm, that I'm hearing in the congregation. <laughs> See, this verse speaks to those who are parents, but it also speaks to all of us who are children. See, as children, we're called to honor our mother and father. And sometimes that's really easy. You know, sometimes that's not quite so easy. That actually God's asking us, hey, if you do that, then there's a promise which goes with it that says that things will go well for you in this land. Parents are called to bring their children up with the discipline and instruction from God. And the blessing is that we don't need to rely on our own wisdom that actually we can seek God for his wisdom. And I I love that. As a parent, I love that thought that actually it's not my own wisdom, but actually it's God's wisdom that I can have in situations that I find myself in. And in the Bible, Jesus is often referred to as the shepherd, and we are referred to as the sheep. Uh, And and really a famous uh, verse is often quoted in Psalm 23, verse 4. It says, even though I walk through through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. See, in biblical times, shepherds used rods and staffs for two reasons. First of all, the shepherd would protect the sheep uh, against wild animals, I, I think it's crazy to think that there just sort of been lions and bears and that kind of thing just roaming around, but there were probably way more than, than there are obviously now. Uh, and so actually they needed to use that to protect them from wolves, from things that would come against them uh, in the evenings, at night when they were sleeping. But the second thing that a shepherd would do is that they might use their staff or their rod uh, to, to help uh, bring any sheep that's gone astray back to a place of safety. And when I think about this thought, I think, you know, at the time, it wouldn't have always been the most comfortable thing for the sheep to have had the the rod or the staff used uh, to protect them. If if they were in a tricky position, then potentially it had a hook in it, they would have hooked them back to the right place. Uh, But it's not always the safest thing, but the shepherd needed to do that in order to bring the sheep again to safety or to rescue them uh, from... uh, you know, injury or from even death. And at David's declaration, the person who wrote this in Psalm 23, is evidence that his total trust was in God uh, and the, uh, as the ultimate source of his protection, even in the darkest and most trying times of his life. And, you know, in some ways we can relate the, the rod and the staff to the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. See, because they guide us in righteousness and comfort us in times of peril. They symbolize the authority of God and the presence of God and His reign over us. See, there are moments when the Word will speak harshly to our foolishness. 
and, and conduct, maybe our foolish conduct. And there are times when the Word will illuminate a path uh, for us more clearly and the Holy Spirit will comfort us in our pain. And both are really important before our victory over sin and evil and, and as, as a source of a spiritual guide uh, to really to lead us into what it talks about as green pastures, safe places for us. And see, for Simba, it was really important that Mufasa disciplined for him for his safety. He had that stern talking to, you know, when mum or dad says, I'm really disappointed in you. And there's like, oh, you know, that the, actually that moment of our lives when we're disciplined out of love because we need that to keep us in safe places, to, to actually keep in places where, uh, where we're not going to be injured. And to remain safe and in the will of God, we need to accept discipline and, and help use it to get us back to a safe place or to remain uh, in the right place. And so discipline, though we may not always like it, is really important. The next one, uh, we're just going to skip a little bit forward. Basically, if you haven't seen this movie, Mufasa has a brother called Scar who's a meanie, a baddie, and he's trying to, uh, to really um, get rid of Simba, the, the cub who will one day be king. And so there's a little bit of time that's passed. He was the one who kind of encourages them to go down to the Shadowlands and things. And, and actually, uh, we're going to see a thing. He's, he's tricking Simba at the moment where we catch up with him. So this is for number four. Now you wait here. Your father has a marvelous surprise for you. Ooh, what is it? If I told you, it wouldn't be a surprise now, would it? If you tell me, I'll still act surprised. <laughs> you are such a naughty boy. Come on, Uncle Scar. No, 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 no. This is just for you and your daddy. You know, a sort of father-son thing. Well, I'd better go get him. I'll go with you. No. <laughs> no, just stay on this rock. You wouldn't want to end up in another mess like you did with the hyenas. You know about that? Simba, everybody knows about that. Really? Oh, yes. Lucky Daddy was there to save you, eh? Oh, and just between us, you might want to work on that little roar of yours, hmm? Oh, okay. Hey, Uncle Scar, will I like the surprise? Simba, it's to die for. Stay put. Can I just pick off one of the little sick ones? No. We wait for the signal from Scar. There he is. Let's go. Little roar. Puh.
is on the move. Uh, Mufasa, quick. Stampede in the gorge. Simba's down there. Simba? moment to stop. Hope you bought your tissues. <laughs> Dad's sacrifice for the kids. You know, um, before a man has children, really they get to spend money on whatever they want. Uh, you know, that he gets to choose how he spends his time. He gets to decide what he does and, and where he goes. And he doesn't have to worry about providing for anyone else except for himself and, and maybe a wife. But being a dad means sacrificing so many things. You sacrifice personal preference. You sacrifice your finances. They sacrifice how they spend their time. Their independence. Often you sacrifice your music choices. <laughs> See, life changes for a dad and he now has others to think about and, and to provide for. And Most dads, thankfully, never have to give up their life for their children. However, being a dad is a thousands of, of tiny and, and large sacrifices that happen every day. And, and I think one of the things I love about Father's Day is it's a moment to stop and remember all the awesome sacrifices that dads make 
for their families, all the awesome things. And often as a kid, you actually don't realise how much your parents are sacrificing for you. You kind of just assume that that's the way that it always is. And dads don't often share with their kids or their families necessarily what the sacrifices are. But they're just an amazing part of parenthood. And, you know, Mufasa makes the ultimate sacrifice for his son because he gives his life to save Simba. And and what I love about this is this is an incredible picture of of how God loves us, that he sacrificed his son so that we could be saved. You know, that we were in in a situation where we couldn't look after ourselves, where we couldn't rescue ourselves from that situation. And he comes in and he says, hey, I'm here and I'm taking you. And what happens is in the, in the process, his life is lost. And, and because of our sin, because of the things that we've done wrong, we're separated from God. Uh, and God, can, can, we can't be with him because he's perfect. But there's punishment for us. And what's amazing is that God sent Jesus that for each one of us, actually, uh, God sent His Son to die the death that really we deserve, the punishment for sin is death, that we might be able to have life and life abundantly. And and I look at that picture of of Mufasa giving his life for Simba, and it speaks to me of the incredible gift that I've been given. That actually I've been given a gift that, that is without measure, the opportunity to live uh, with our heavenly Father in heaven. And Romans 5 verse 6 to 11 says this. When we were utterly hopeless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, although some may perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son, while we were still His enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. How cool is that? Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.